The opinions expressed by Karen Scott Mims and the guests on this podcast are their own and do not reflect the opinions of this podcast platform. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information that's considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risks and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Any strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for you. Before acting on any information mentioned, please consult with a qualified tax or investment advisor whom you have specifically retained to determine if it's suitable for your specific situation. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with regard to the subject's covered. Investment advisory services are offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. BCM and HarperPoint Wealth Management are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Income regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Income regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance products and guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by Brookstone Capital Management. Most people simply ignore taxation through the four phases of your wealth. Instead of understanding the three tax buckets, you arrive at retirement with a huge 401k in the tax-deferred bucket and ignore the taxable and, most importantly, the tax-free bucket. How can the middle-class millionaire, average Joe and Jane, be so unprepared about how to protect their wealth using tax loopholes like the wealthy one percenters do? Easy. Welcome to the Tax Smart Tax Zero podcast. This is a show about tax-free wealth. Financial advisors sell rate of return. Annuity salesmen sell what else? Annuities. And part-time tax preparers sell a 1040 to submit on April 15th. But the real goal is to implement strategic tax planning. We invite you to take the journey and explore the path to the 0% tax bracket. It's time to divorce Uncle Sam from your wealth. And now, your host, noted tax attorney and private wealth strategist, Karen Scott Mims, Esquire. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. I am your host, Karen Scott Mims. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, we have an absolutely fabulous show for you today. Our show is entitled Secure Act Inherited IRAs. We're talking about avoiding all of those tax landmines that go with an inherited IRA. Some you probably heard of, but some I would dare say are new. And we are happy to not only introduce them, but to also have you avoid them. So let me start by saying during the pandemic, Average Joe has had a lot of time to think about retirement, a bit more time than usual, and this is probably precipitated by his cash flow concerns. He has four things that are on his mind. Number one, college tuition for his daughter. That's four years at $50,000 per year. He needs a new roof on his house. The pipes in the master bedroom have just burst. He needs to purchase a new car within the next six months. And to top it off, he has just lost about 30% in his portfolio earlier in the year. Now, average Joe is kind of a mellow kind of guy, but I have to say all this matters because average Joe honestly had envisioned himself retiring at age 55. So he has the normal questions. Number one, can I retire? Number two, do I have enough? Number three, can I maintain my same standard of living, if not better? 
And number four, should I pay off the house before I retire? And then number five, to top it off, what's all this I hear about unwanted RMDs this year? What about this end of the month, August 31st deadline that everyone's referring to? Let me start by saying answering these questions is simply a matter of implementing our SMART formula. SMART as in tax SMART stands for a strategy after we've done the math and analysis to put together a formula in which we retire in a tax favorite status. So let's start with that last question and let's at the same time give you some background. Now, Average Joe's aunt, Careful Carol, She passed away, sad to say, on January 2nd, 2020. Careful Carol was 85 years old. She had never worked outside the home, but I know that's pretty rare in these days, but I will also say that I had always had the impression of her being a bit savvy. So it did not surprise me at all, quite frankly, to know that the money that Carol had put away, obviously, that she had um, was in fact giving to Average Joe, it was money that she had in a spousal IRA. Now, she did something that we always recommend to members of our TaxSmart Tax Zero community. When your husband asks you what you want for your birthday each year, You tell him very proudly, I would like to have a spousal Roth IRA. And you make sure that you stand firm with that. And you make sure that you say that even when he might be tempted to say, but you don't work. And so you can't have a Roth IRA. But in fact, you can. You can have a spousal Roth IRA. And you can probably guess that, as I said, Average Joe's aunt, Careful Carol, she did just that. So at her death, there were three assets, each of them with a fair market value of $500,000. Asset number one, there was the primary residence with a basis of $100,000, cost basis, right? No debt service and fair market value of $500,000. Asset number two, there was a life insurance policy, death benefit payable to average Joe's sister of $500,000. And then there was asset number three, the traditional IRA of $500,000 carefully invested in CD ladders, none of which was getting more than 1%. With that being said, I will make a statement that you've heard me say many times before. All assets are not created equal. As a matter of fact, it would almost appear that Average Joe actually received the worst, or I'll say definitely the least tax favored of the assets, right? Because if we had to put on our tax binoculars and look at those assets, we would want them to be anything that we inherit, right? We would want it to be tax-free, something that had to step up in basis, or both. And so that's how we would evaluate it through our tax binoculars. So let's just do that for a second. The primary residence actually has capital gains of 400,000, right? Because her cost basis was 100 and fair market value is 500. But because of the step up in basis rules, then there's no taxation and that $400,000 worth of capital gain, there's no tax associated with it. By the way, that was an asset that actually went to average Joe's sister, Angela. 
Asset number two, the life insurance proceeds. Those are tax-free at death, right? It's only gain after post-death earnings that would be taxed. So again, the death benefit was 500000 There is none of that, not a penny of that 500000 that's going on her 1040. That asset was, of course, given to Average Joe's sister, April, right? And then the third asset, only the traditional IRA, which we're going to properly now refer to as the inherited IRA, is the one that seems to have the worst tax consequences. So let's kind of just make sure you understand the SECURE Act, RMDs, and inherited IRAs. Because I will tell you that initially, Average Joe said, well, wait a minute, I'm not 72. There can't possibly be required minimum distributions for me. He, of course, did not understand the whole concept of inherited IRAs. So Average Joe and Jane, they are doing their best to run My Wealth LLC, but they are having a hard time of it. It always seems that there's just one thing after another. In explaining the SECURE Act, let's start with the notion that our government routinely and consistently operates their business at a deficit, and in many cases sees absolutely nothing wrong with this, and views just printing more money, quote unquote, as one of the more obvious solutions that they have available to them. Number two, they engage and operate a system that is designed to benefit the top 1%. We know this. Number three, it effectively classifies people into two tax categories, the informed and the uninformed. We unfortunately sometimes fall into the latter. We want to be into the former category. And number four, the other 99%, it kind of adopts the approach that we need to have you empty any tax-deferred money that you have as soon as possible. And more importantly, we need to stop having you use tax loopholes that allow you to circumvent our demand. You, of course, are listening to another episode of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. I am your host, Karen Scott Mims, tax attorney, registered investment advisor, representative, accountant, estate planner, and certainly my favorite role, private wealth and tax advisor. Our show for today is entitled Secure Act Inherited IRAs. We are talking about avoiding tax landmines. We obviously are discussing this because Average Joe, his aunt has passed away, careful Carol, And so we're talking about the inheritance that he has received. And of course, it is, as we said a few minutes ago, properly called an inherited IRA, something that some people may not be familiar with. And so we're trying to make sure that you are, and much like average Joe, that you avoid the tax landmines. So one of the things that I'll say as we prepare for break is that, you know, the government is trying to do three things. Number one, they want to close the tax loopholes. Number two, they want to close the amount of time between announcement passage and effective date of when they close the loophole, right? And then number three, they want to close or eliminate the amount of people that are grandfathered in. The SECURE Act was talked about last year. I would dare say it was passed in the House early in the year. We had six very valuable months to perform tax planning. But all of a sudden, right, it was passed at the end of the year in December of 2019. It was effective on January 1st, 2020. And so prior to that date, if you had inherited an IRA, 
you are fully able to have the benefits of what we call the stretch IRA concept. However, effective January 1st, 2020, RMDs were effectively abolished on inherited IRA accounts. And the new rule is simply that one, there is but one RMD date, right? So the account has to be emptied by year 10. Otherwise, you will face the same fate, i.e. the 50% penalty for failure to do so. And so this is out of the three assets that Aunt Careful Carol had, this was the one asset that did not have any tax-free consequences attached to it. It did not have a step-up in basis attached to it. It was, I dare say, again, from a tax standpoint, the worst asset. So as we prepare for break, I want to say to you, as I said to Average Joe, we have to get it to a point where we are not chasing rate of return to the detriment of ignoring and solving the real problem. We have to stop ignoring tax law, right? If Average Joe and Jane are mixing their existing retirement assets along with that inherited retirement asset, there needs to be a plan. And so one of the things that we said was that Average Joe and Jane, you have to be ready to solve your tax and retirement problem. You have to do so and adopt a holistic approach, which means that we're solving life. It's life management, right? So we're solving both the financial and non-financial issues that they are facing. One of their goals, I will say to you, was tax minimization. So how do we structure a plan to pay the least amount of taxes and adhere to the 0% tax bracket? Zero is my hero. 0% income tax, 0% capital gains, 0% estate tax, 0% excise, and 0% inheritance taxation. Average Joe definitely wants to address the investment inside of the account because, of course, he didn't like the CD ladders um, that were earning less than 1%. We'll definitely switch to either a fixed rate of return, something more like a fixed 8%, Or we will construct a portfolio where we have some boundaries, right? So instead of having negative 40 and positive 40 as our possible range, maybe we'll do something like we'll have negative 10, positive 10, meaning that we can't lose any more than 10%. We gain no more than 10%. And so maybe we'll do a combination of both. In any event, I will say to you, that you, of course, have been listening to another episode of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. I am your host, Karen Scott Mims, affectionately known as your tax ESQ. We are, as we do every single week, we're talking about the 0% tax bracket, 0% income tax, 0% capital gains, 0% estate tax, 0% excise, and 0% inheritance tax. In particular today in our episode, which is entitled Secure Act Inherited IRA, we are talking about how to deal with this scenario in which Average Joe has inherited an IRA. We're talking about how to avoid the tax landmines that he most certainly was going to fall into. If that's something that you'd like to do, if it's time to realize that procrastination doesn't get you anywhere except standing still, give us a call. The number is 866-621-6660. This is, once again, not about right portfolio. We're not going to focus on rate of return. We instead are going to focus on planning and not just any plan. We're talking about having a tax-efficient retirement plan. So we've got a lot to talk about in the second half. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Tax Smart Tax Zero podcast. And now, your host, noted tax attorney and private wealth strategist, Karen Scott Mims, Esquire. Welcome back to the second half of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. I am your host, Karen Scott Mims. Thank you for coming back to this second half of the show. Well, you know, in this second half of the show, we like to call it tax liabilities and loopholes. We like to talk about how to legally, ethically, and morally disinherit Uncle Sam as the partner that you unfortunately have in the ownership of your assets. And I want to just say something to be clear. I want you to pay your fair share. I just don't want you to pay more than your fair share of taxes. I want you to pay what you rightfully owe, not the part, though, that's been added onto your plate due to the 1% not playing their fair share. And so I just want to be clear about that. With that being said, in the second half of the show, here's the agenda. We're going to talk about the 20 modules of planning. We're going to talk about how we are going to stop further adding ordinary income tax into the picture. We're going to talk about how we're going to fill up the taxable and the tax-free buckets. And most importantly, we're going to talk about between age 52 and 62, the top priority for average Joe and Jane, how to achieve asset allocation implementing real estate as an alternative asset class, right? So certainly as the passive income princess, I'm all for that. And then we're also going to talk about tax diversification and have more of a focus on assets that produce capital gains treatment instead of ordinary income tax treatment. The reasons why we do that should be obvious, right? Because the capital gains rates are lower. Um, And so we're going to talk about doing math, taxation, problems, right? That are not solved simply by rate of return. That is the holistic approach that we are taking. And I'm so glad you have joined us. So with that being said, let's dig into the details. I'm going to start by clarifying the rules about inherited IRAs. So pre-secure act and post-secure act. So if you became a beneficiary after January 1st, 2020, meaning that the person that you inherited from, i.e. we'll call that person the decedent, if they died January 1st, 2020 or later, then for persons that fall into that category, RMDs were effectively abolished, right? There's kind of only one RMD deadline. All of the money has to be emptied out of the account, right, by the 10th year. So you could literally um, take one-tenth each year. You could take nothing and do half, all right, at year five, take the other half at year 10, right? It's really up to you. We just know that after year 10, if the money is still in there, there, of course, is going to be a 50% penalty, right? We're going to avoid that. Don't worry about that. So one of the questions that Average Joe had, he wanted to talk about the August 31st deadline. That, of course, is only for beneficiaries that inherited IRAs that were established as of December 31st, 2019 or earlier. Okay, so for example, if Average Joe's aunt, Careful Carol, had died on September 1st, 2019, we would have had very different results, okay? We did not, okay? So with that being said, let's talk about these 20 modules of planning. I think they will certainly help you to understand what it is that we're talking about. Modules one through 10 are very basic, but they include investment management, um, long-term care, 
um, Social Security, Medicare, real estate, asset protection, risk management, very basic things, important, but very basic. Modules 11 through 13, we're really focusing on the person themselves, right? So maybe the person has some nuanced attributes about them that make them require special attention. So for us, we typically like to say they're perhaps real estate investors, they're physicians, they might be executives that have stock options, they might be employees that participate in ESOPs, right? Um, Employee stock option plans, they might be small business owners, they might be high income earners. In that case, right, we always make sure that we understand backdoor and mega backdoor Roth options. But then in modules 14 through 20, we really talk about the seven deadly sins, two of which, by the way, apply to average Joe. So one of them in the seven deadly sins, they're inherited IRAs when you are a non-spouse beneficiary, the tax laws are completely different. And then number two, self-directed IRAs. That was one of the questions that Average Joe had. He wanted to increase his portfolio of real estate. He wanted to know about doing that with a self-directed IRA. That is something that we're going to talk about. Perhaps we'll have an entire show about self-directed IRAs um, in the future. For now, you are listening to another episode of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. I am your host, Karen Scott Nims. I am so glad that you've joined us today. Our show is entitled Secure Act, Inherited IRAs. We're talking about avoiding tax landmines. If that's something that you want to do, and if you feel as though it's time to get your life together, clean out what I like to call your financial junk drawer, much like average Joe and Jane were doing, give us a call. The number is 866-621-6660. Again, that number is 866 866- 6216660 now in the few minutes that we have left i will give you a formal introduction to average joe and jane their balance sheet is um, a bit interesting there is a primary residence with a fair market value of 500,000 debt service of 500,000 okay um there's a rental property in which they are receiving negative cash flow and they are holding it individually in their own name violating the first two rules of landlording and asset protection. Um, Average Joe has about $200,000 in his 401k, all of which is comprised of company stock, right? The ESOP, like we talked about earlier, and maybe we'll write something about that on our blog. Um, Average Jane has zero, having emptied the entire $300,000 to pay off student loans for their daughter who just graduated. Here's my comment to that. The first thing you are told on an airplane is, in case of emergency, place your own mask on first before assisting children. Average Jane was in no position whatsoever to assist anyone, much less to the tune of $300,000. But believe me, that's something that we talked about. So in our last few minutes, let's talk about how we solve their problems and how we started by having them acknowledge that they have math problems They have planning problems and they have tax problems, right? So none of which can be solved by just focusing on rate of return. And once again, we're taking a holistic approach in which we're having a life management session, financial and non-financial issues that have to be addressed. So two questions that I think were at the forefront. Number one, how much money do they need for retirement? And two, what kind of money do they need for retirement? So let's start with the end in mind and then work our way backwards. I had three sets of questions that I put together for them. 
In the first set of questions, I asked, when do we remove the inherited IRA funds from the account and take them into income on the 1040? Reminder, we do so at unfavorable tax rates, right? Because remember, when we take this money out of the inherited IRA, we're paying ordinary income rates. How do we factor in the possibility that the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act may be reversed earlier than the original 2025 date, right? Meaning that, i.e., we would have higher tax brackets earlier than expected. How do we factor in that Joe is in sales? And so most, but not all years, he receives a bonus, right? So can we postpone his bonus in order to do this? What if we knew that there would be two years because of COVID-19 that there wouldn't be any bonuses at all? Absolutely, we need to take advantage of that. And then the second set of questions, where do we move the money to? Taxable, tax deferred, and tax free. Well, we know that just taking the funds out is just the first part of the equation, right? We wanna use our tax binoculars and ask the question, would you rather have money that was taxed at ordinary income rates, i.e. the highest, capital gains rates, right, 0, 15, or 20, or that simply were tax-free. We have to understand where we're going to move the money to. And then the third set of questions, how do we save going forward? If you remember at the beginning of the show, Average Joe and Jane stated that they want to retire at age 55. That's what they had envisioned. They're age 52 now. We're probably not going to meet that goal, but we don't have to go far beyond it, right? Um, And so in these last few years that they're saving, we don't need any more tax-deferred money. Tax-deferred money, right, is obviously taxed at ordinary income rates, the highest rates. We need to have tax diversification. We need to have funds that we build up that receive capital gains treatment or that receive tax-free status. So in conclusion, I'll say this. We put together a wonderful plan that took all of the pieces of the puzzle together. We fit them together very nicely. We agreed on an actual quarterly schedule with monthly check-ins to hold Average Joe and Jane accountable to give them private coaching lessons, monthly educational lessons, Every quarter, we were going to get together and have a review, review the tax return, because what we do is we prepare the tax return every single quarter. We're providing a simulated tax return for the current year in the current year. Okay, so April 15th is never going to be a surprise. And then again, I get back to the concept of introducing holistic planning. And so we're not just talking about wealth management. We're not just talking about the portfolio. We're talking about life management. We're solving both the financial and the non-financial issues that arise. So with all this being said, I can't tell you, I was really excited. Average Joe and Jane had wanted to be in the 0% tax bracket, 0% income tax, 0% capital gains, 0% estate tax, 0% excise, and 0% inheritance tax. We have put together a fabulous plan that was going to do that. And if you're listening in a state that doesn't have inheritance tax, you wonder why I mention that is because we have a nationwide practice. And so we have clients and we service clients in all 50 states. And so that's why we have to mention inheritance tax because some states do still have inheritance tax. Okay. Well, with all that being said, everything was going wonderful. It was despite Aunt Carol's death. It was going to be a good experience, not her death. The fact that Average Joe and Jane were finally going to clean out their financial junk drawer, they were finally going to get their lives in order, 
We were really excited for them until the day that Average Joe and Jane came in, that was a couple of days ago, and said that they think that they might have made a mistake. I was all ears wanting to know what had happened. And they said, well, you know how Aunt Carol's account, the inherited IRA, you know how it had those CDs in it and they weren't getting but 1%. I found on the internet, I found this, I guess it's a bank, and they were paying 5%. So I just did a rollover. I thought, let's do that. At least we were earning some money between the time that we could meet and Karen, you could invest the portfolio. I sat there absolutely positively stunned. Why? You heard me talk earlier in the show about those seven deadly sins that we never wanted to violate. Well, we talked about the idea that when you have an inherited IRA, especially one with a non-spouse beneficiary, then the tax laws are very different. It was unfortunately me who had to be the bearer of bad news and to explain to them that you cannot do a rollover on a non-spouse beneficiary inherited IRA. And so what I had to explain to them that the entire $500,000 that was inherited from Aunt Careful Carol was now going to be taken into income this year on top of the year that not only did they have their salary, their wages, their earned income, they might have had a bonus. They might have had some other things that went into or went on the 1040. But now, regretfully, what was also going to be on the 1040 was the entire $500,000. My goodness gracious. Oh, golly, Wally, where does the time go? Well, as you can see, going it alone doesn't make any sense. Going it alone often leads to some very bad consequences because I would say that we were able to note that Average Joe and Jane, they have neither the time, the will, the skill, or the expertise to engage in tax planning, much less tax-efficient retirement planning. So with that being said, I will say to you, thank you so much for joining us today. You, of course, were listening to another episode of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. Our show for today was entitled The Secure Act, Inherited IRAs, Avoiding Tax Landmines. And if that's something that you would like to do, I'll just close by saying our number is 866-621-6660. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Barbara, if you've been listening, get back to work. This concludes another episode of the Tax Smart Tax Zero podcast. Get ready to create tax-free wealth and start on the path to the 0% tax bracket. To receive your Tax Smart Tax Zero toolkit, you can reach us by telephone at 866-621-6660 or text the word TAX to 301-900-5758. Or send an email to tax at taxmarttaxzero.com. Want to attend our virtual seminar, Guide to Tax Minimization, Estate Planning, and Passive Real Estate Income? Text the word SEMINAR to 301-900-5758. Send an email to seminar at taxmarttaxzero.com. And we'll register you and also keep you updated of all future virtual seminar dates and times. 
Don't forget to visit TaxSmartTaxZero.com and on our YouTube channel. There, you can like us and subscribe to learn more about our tax study group, Zero is My Hero, or attend our upcoming webinars. Follow us on Facebook, and as always, sign up for our monthly tax newsletter and divorce Uncle Sam as the primary beneficiary of your wealth. Join us next week for another episode of Tax Smart Tax Zero, the path to the 0% tax bracket. 